Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great great grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hugh Atchison, and this is not really the passenger, because we don't travel right now. At least, if you do travel, you're one of the silly people in the world. Uh, it's, uh, it's a Wednesday. Woke up pretty early. Got the news that uh, a close chef friend of mine had passed away from COVID-19. That chef is Floyd Cardoz. And uh, Floyd was the seminally important chef of back in the day of Tabla in New York. And uh, I worked with him on... Top Chef Masters, and Floyd was just uh, an amazingly gifted cook and chef, but more so he was just a loving man. So hats off to Floyd, and may he rest in peace. But that's a sad one and a hard one to take. Um, We're in a really weird time. It's not just in my industry. We're all in a really weird time. I look at my industry as hospitality and restaurants as being the sort of the first ravaged front line from this pandemic. And what's uplifting is how people are responding and helping and trying to make sure the restaurant industry and hospitality survives. Because at the end of the day, that's what great restaurants have is hospitality and the want to serve and their communities and and help out in any which way they can. And I think that that more importantly than ever is, uh, is, is it's, it's time to do that. And it's time to help out doing a lot of strange things in my uh, abode right now, these days, I'm busy writing a lot of contracts because I put out on social media on Instagram that I'd be happy to, uh, you know, for you, for people to pay in advance for caterings, Pay now, and I'll cater it later once the uh, dust settles. I didn't expect much of an outpouring. Um, 60 catering contracts later that I've been working on, it shows that the backbone of my community of Atlanta and Athens, Georgia, um, believes in me. 
and uh, wants me and my crew to survive. Um, listen to a lot of music these days. Uh, if you guys really want a good three album set, it's hard to find on Spotify and stuff, but uh, you can find it on some music streaming services. But RZA, RZA from uh, Wu Tang Clan, put together a Shaolin Soul com- compilation a couple of years ago. It came out in like 2003, so a number of years ago, but it's phenomenally good. Uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, watching Chits Creek, which uh, is the most uplifting, wonderful show of all time to me and uh, makes me think of my good Canadian roots. Um, doing a lot of doodles and trying to manage the distant accounting of restaurants that are dark. Um, Empire State South in Atlanta is still doing to-go food and trying to service the community as best they can. But, you know, we've, we've really thought about safety and how we're delivering that to the public, and we're not delivering. We have a small window that we open, your food goes out, you're six feet away, the window closes, you approach, pick up your food. All the payments are done over the phone, um, so there's no cross-contamination. I have the same crew who's been diligently working uh, nonstop since, since we started just doing that, and so shout out to Lane and Anna running the front of the house and Sam Herndon in the back and Corey DiPaolo, uh, who's the executive chef at Empire, doing great work to Kelly Thorne and Stephen Grubbs and um, a lot of names that some people in the area know and some people don't know uh, to, to Choppy, my man. Uh, these, these are good people. going to call in uh, and get my good friend Chris Wilkins on the phone because Chris is the person I talk to when uh, when I want to giggle and laugh, when I want to talk about uh, the funny perspective of the end times. Uh, but Chris Wilkins is root baking in Atlanta, which uh, is in Pont City Market, which is all shut down. But within that space, he also runs an amazing little place called Pizza Jeans, which makes amazing pizza. Um, but Chris's bread is... Chris is a, you know, six foot two redheaded Italian guy from upstate New York who's uh, wonderfully intelligent and layered and a James Beard nominated best baker in America. Uh, More than that, Chris Wilkinson, my friend. So let's get him on the phone. Chris, I'm just going to go straight to the chase. What the fuck is going on in the world right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I guess we I guess we know exactly what's going on, and also we don't. Because I, th- I think, like, I don't know about you, but it feels funereal. Uh, I, I We deliver bread all over the city. We, we used to, anyway. And I still see these people, and the only way I can describe how my interactions with them are now is like, it is like some, someone or something died, you know, people don't, are just don't actually go to a funeral though. Cause there's a <laughs> County in Georgia that's got the largest outbreak right now, Dougherty County. And that's because yeah. everybody went to two funerals. Is that right? Got COVID-19. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. It just strikes. It, this thing is, is terrible in so much as I think it just strikes at, you know, the, the, the the heart of our industry, which is gathering and and getting people together, this this thing is just 
I don't know, tailor-made to implode the thing that we are, like every instinct I have, right? Every instinct you have, every instinct any chef or hospitality person has is to bring people together and feed them, right? And this thing says, no, this thing, this thing says, no, you can't do this. And it is, yeah, it, it's terrible. I mean, we, you know, like, like everybody else, I think in, in Atlanta and New York and everywhere else, we had to let go of most of our staff last week and, and, you know, it, it was terrible. Right. But then, then we tried to be honest with them try to tell them what we could do, what we could, what we could not do. Uh, and then we just kind of opened the bar <laughs> for them. And so we just kind of sat Shiva for the food service, you know, and it's like people were laughing, people were crying, people were sad, people were elated, people were just to see each other, of course, not for the news. But like it was, it was, I don't know, the best thing I think we can do is kind of allow that grieving process to happen. And then but we can't, we need to be a quarantine grieving process. Well, I know, I know, no, you're right. And then, and then once that, once that, when and then that quarantine grieving process is going to take a while too. So you shut down when? Tuesday of last week. We, we yeah, I shut down a Monday of last week, laid off 120 people and we shut down five and 10 pretty much completely in Athens, but Empire State South is still doing to go food, which has been a response to the industry across the board, but it's not a very, it's it's not economically viable for the long term so i agree you know how are we without government bailout how what's what's the what's the end result that's going to happen to this industry that employs 15 million people and it's worth almost a trillion dollars uh yeah so well i don't know of course but i i can i have i have my suspicions and i think that um first of all, I, I think we should we can and should mourn what restaurant life and culture was for a long time until like a week ago, right? And now I, I think our industry is just gonna change. Like if if you play out like what this thing looks like, you know, let let's say this is all over and in two months, it's not gonna take it's like restaurants aren't gonna be back to it in in a week, right? I mean, it's going to take people a long time to get comfortable going out and seeing each other again in large groups. So, what what restaurant do you know? You know, you know, every, you know everybody. Like, what restaurant do you know that can have the have the resources just open back up again, full bar, perishable inventory, you know, all that kind of stuff that costs thousands and thousands of dollars, and also be that busy day one. Yeah, it's it's not that we don't have the wherewithal, the bandwidth to get it operational quickly. It's again, I think it's really what you're saying is about public perception, and then, right. you know, how comfortable do people feel getting in a room with sixty people? And that may right. take years to reset properly. So, are we going to have to revert to you know clean kitchens, a lot of to go food, delivery service, but a lot of that too? I mean, people are still doing that, and. I'm kind of sounding a bit of an alarmist, but I worry that so many hands touching food when you order through one of the meal services, right? That you don't know where it's coming from. That's right. That's right. And and that's terrifying. I mean, the Empire State South, you know, I've got five people working there, uh, all salaried people, and they're, but it's the same people every day. And they made a pact with themselves that they would just go home after the shift, get rest 
wake up the next day, get a cup of coffee at their house and come to work. That's so right. they're not socially engaged anywhere. They're not mingling with people. Uh, we're not bringing in another crew where I don't exactly know where they've been with for the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's like, yeah, the, 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 the length of this, I'm guessing, is going to be July 1st where we're back to any sort of normalcy. You're probably right. And, and, and you know, and even even normalcy, I think, is, is what's changed is what I'm what I'm arguing here. Yeah, I, I think that I, I don't think that I don't think the normalcy that we knew three weeks ago is going to be the thing uh, that we can experience when this is over, just because I think that <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine and she says, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to go to the grocery store again. I just get it delivered now. This is great. And, and I think that's, a, you know, I think she, she was kidding, but there, there is a real sense of like, this is kind of the way we've been going for the past 20 years or whatever it's going to be. Right. Of like, we've kind of been going in this direction that, 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 encourages a certain amount of separation while maintaining connection like like we are right now you know i can see you yeah but uh, i'm not wearing pants i know well you rarely are <laughs> to be to be fair well Which, yeah we we need to talk about that eventually but i think that like you know we we've kind of been going in this direction i'm not sure that like yeah i i don't think the normalcy is going to return the way we the way we want it to but it, you know we will get back to normal eventually and people will come back. I think we're going to lose a lot of restaurants though. And that's something to probably think about is like, we we're going to, I mean, our, our neighborhoods. Is and where do all those people go? I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, it's, it's imperative now that we have a massive public works program that, that builds something that does something that, oh, that changes this country for the good forever uh, and puts people to work who were previously in a now virtually half dead industry. I mean, yeah. right now, restaurants are dead. I mean, they're, they're, they're dark and, they're dark, you know, yeah. we've got millions and millions of people going in unemployment rolls. yet still we have to have this debate on whether cruise ships are going to get as big a buyout and a bailout as we in the hospitality industry that are worth like a mm, hundred times more than what the yeah. cruise ship industry is worth. That's right. Uh, but That's I am right. flying a Liberian flag right now as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, because that's who really speaks for me because they let me get away with a lot. Um, <laughs> but like, think about it this way, right? Think about it this way. So, okay. I, I've been arguing for this for like, you know, listen, I, I've got, I've got certain political predispositions and, and they are to be like, we need, <laughs> we have all these, we have all these kids around here, right? We have all these, 20 to 30 year old kids who work in restaurants. Those, that's basically the, the population of like your restaurant workers. And, and it's just like, we have all these kids around. Some of them got a fancy college education. Some of them got no education. Some of them just work really hard. You know what I mean? They're, they're all, they're all, they're just people. And so like, we got a lot of potholes to fix. We got things to do in this country. We could, we could put them to work feeding people and doing stuff. If we, if we had the, the wherewithal to do such a thing, like the and and the the appetite for a big public program like that, and I would be the first person to celebrate that, right? And it's like that's all I want to see is I want to see us helping our communities. And are you talking about a strategic it. hospitality reserve? Yeah, yeah, dude. I like this I idea. I am. I like we get uniforms. Work. We get uniforms, right? <laughs> we get uniforms, and it's incredible. I'm like, not, I'm actually not really kidding. I mean, like if you think about it, like during jumpsuits. 
I mean, jumpsuits. Jump yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get we'll get the big brands behind it, right? We we'll get Carhartt and Dickies and all those guys to get behind this. And but I'm saying like, but think about this, right? You think about like the the like the Norman Mailers and Kurt Vonnegut generation, right? These guys were and were artists and intellectuals and creatives just like us, right? We're not intellectuals, but we're definitely, you know, in, in a creative space and like. They they went to work We're, using I their Renaissance dumbasses. Renaissance, absolutely correct. You know what? Finally, we have a name. We have a team mm. name. Nailed it. You know what I mean? And so, like, but you took these guys who had like these these men and women who have creative skills. Like, maybe they can't lay a brick to save their life, but they do have skills, and they were deployed. Those skills were deployed to help to help their community, their country, their whatever you want to call it. Like that's that's big thinking to me. Right, like that. so, we we using these they kids the who know how to. Dam. Yeah, I mean, man. But, these, but, but not only did they build the Hoover Dam, they wrote the songs that make that like, like Woody. Think of like Woody Guthrie, right, writing songs about migrant fruit fruit pickers and like all all these all these all these folks who are doing their work in that they love to do anyway, but they're they're putting it towards just like greater community service. That's wonderful to me, right? And so, if you take these kids who cook food, why are why aren't they cooking food? For, for their neighbors who who should be getting this food, maybe maybe private restaurants. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're all dead in the water. Maybe that's true. But like, gosh, I I, I would I would hate to see the day where where cooking for your neighbor goes away and it just it's everything's just dropped on your doorstep by a person you do not know and will never know. Uh, you know? I think in in parallel to that is uh, a lot of us in. What I do in food, which is more fine dining, you're in baking and have the pizzeria yeah. and yep. um, make fantastic bread. Chris is a James Beard nominated baker. Gosh, thanks. Um, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, in fine dining, it's so hinged to service. But, you know, there were cracks in that model uh, five years ago that we right. a lot of us chose to ignore. And this is maybe giving us an opportunity to reset. But the reset could be going you know, the common want may be way beyond, like maybe getting rid of service completely. And so if everything's delivered to our door and, you know, and things are like the, you know, salad chain restaurants of the world where people just breeze by and pick that, that and that, and then walk out the door, I feel like I'll have lost my will to live. Yeah, but I but I don't. Do you think it has to go that far? I mean, that's that that's that's. I mean, I wonder if that's like where you have to go. If if you either have fine dining or sweet greens, I see them. They, I there's got to be. There's always an in between, right? Like the neighborhood, like I, this bar down the street that I love to go to has servers, right? It's not, it's, and it's just like it's just a neighborhood bar. It's like Cheers in there, right? But that's like one of my favorite restaurants in the entire city of Atlanta, and they they're they function like a restaurant. They run like a restaurant bar situation. And that's when, when the, the lights come back on in our industry, I will walk, I will walk in there happily and happily and comfortably. Cause I know that they take it seriously, even though it's not a fine dining establishment. I, I still think there was a world in which like restaurants are not dead. Of course they're not dead. Fine dining. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> fine dining, you're probably right in that. Like, you know, there's probably some flaw to that economically and, you know, with the labor labor we have available to us. But, like, I, I asked my, my question to you is this, right? So th- there, this is terrible. 
no one's denying this is terrible. We are not by far, the, I mean, we should remember, we're not the only industry this is terrible for. There's a lot of people in this country and in the world who are right now in a bad place, just like us, even though they don't make food for a living, right? Like not even food adjacent people, but if you make, if you make cars right now, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I think it is uh, wreaking havoc everywhere. Uh, and which, which is just crazy to fathom. Um, the, the weird part about the hospitality industry is I really felt like this time we were the fodder, like we were the first yeah. line to just get sure. mowed down by this and we yeah. didn't get up and I don't think we're getting up for a long time. And there's still people making really idiotic moves on not understanding how to really tamp down that curve. And the importance of social isolation and and not transferring germs, it seems to be hell bent on this new line from the White House of you know uh, the cure can't be worse than the virus, mm-hmm. uh, which is a weird like thing saying don't wreck my economy, bailing right. out a bunch of poor people who are sick, or you know go ahead and let three percent of the population type i mean i don't think trump knows how to spell thomas malthus um but <laughs> well, maybe. Listen, I, I, listen i don't i don't i don't think he's doing well if that's what you're <laughs> but i think that like i yeah i listen that's clear that we don't we don't have a way forward because like it doesn't feel like we're we have a clear direction on this and that's part of the anxiety right and to me anxiety always happens when it's like i don't know what i'm worried about it's, it's just sort of like I'm not a therapist, obviously, or any. I, I didn't even take Psych 101, but it's, it always seems to me like anxiety comes from this, like, just worry about nothing in particular, but about everything in general. And so, like, I, I think part of our part of like kind of spinning our wheels about like our restaurants over, our is life over, is is partly an anxiousness that, that comes from not having a timeline of what this thing is because there's no beginning, middle or end. There just is where we are. Right. Which is like a long, dull, you know, <laughs> a long, dull stress. Self-isolating period. stretch. Yeah. Stretch, stretch. Right. And and then like, you know, but it will probably come to a more agreeable point at some point here in, in the near or distant future. And then the question is like, what are we going to do with all these people? They're still going to be here. Like, what are we going to do with all these people who have skills? Right. The the all these people who have skills, what are we going to do with them to put them back to work so they can pay their rent, so they can pay their mortgage, so they can feed their children, so they can do what they do do what people want to do, which is just live a life. What are we going to do with them? And that that is like so that mourning period that we've experienced and are experiencing now will pass eventually. And then the question has to be, what what is next? Like, what can we do? How can we be creative in? helping those around us and in our industry and outside of our industry while also observing safety, right? Safety precaution. I'm Hugh Atchison. You're listening to The Passenger from iHeartRadio. We'll be back after this quick break. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hugh Atchison. This is The Passenger. So, So what are you doing? Like when you go home these days, what do you do? You're a married uh, man. You're sitting at yes, home. Yeah, just the two of you. Yeah. Are you playing? Are you playing Scrabble a lot? I mean, yeah, not really, man. Because like my my wife still works. Like she's got she's got a life. Uh, she's got she's got a someone's got to pay the bills here. Cause it's not me anymore. And so like she still works, and like we're we're still delivering stuff. We're still making bread for people because we see it as a grocery item. So we're we're still trying to make bread for the grocery stores. Uh, and so like, what do we do now is like, you know, you read, you watch a movie together, you know, stuff like that. And what what are you doing? Um, it depends on whether I'm here or at my girlfriend's place in Atlanta. I mean, if I'm here, I generally, uh, like yesterday at 6 PM, I decided after a glass of wine that I would pitch the idea about selling future catering services, but you pay me now. And so it's like a a microphone. Yeah, it's kind of like pay it forward, and yeah, and then I uh, so idea. I did, I wrote the most basic contract, and uh, then orders started piling in. So <laughs> you as, could, in, in eighteen hours, we sold fifty three thousand dollars worth of future catering, which is a great injection That's of cash to good. pay some of my core people, and it's an awesome, uh, a beautiful. Uh, example of how people do care about us in people this industry really, no, and, and that's, help. And that's where, and we should talk about that, right? So, like, people do care about us, but I do think we have to find ways to make this sustainable if we're in this for a while, right? It's like it's, there's going to be at some point, you know, the the donation, like because of every, because of where we are as an as an industry. 
like and because of the communities because communities love us so much not just us like obviously they love us being like whatever their local place is baker chef you know bar whatever it's going to be they're going to give that initial infusion of you know 50 bucks like gosh that's what i would have spent there you know last week or this week whatever it's going to be but you know eventually that's going to dry up because other industries are hurting too and so like we have to find some way to make this sustainable and if, if that's just like i don't know what that answer the answer to that is I've been racking my brain. What I've spending my what I've been spending my days doing is like trying to think of a way to like be yeah, to first first of all try and try and take care of the people in our industry who are now have like, you know, financial and food insecurity, but also like how do we how do we how do we feed them sustainably? How do we feed them safely? How do we like how do we do anything for anyone six months from now if our restaurants are still closed? Yeah, but but even in the in the in the quick next two weeks, yep. what are we doing to have a viable way of getting even small amounts of money into these people's pockets so they can get right. by? That's right. You know, we, we you know what people need to be doing is really talking to their city councils about you know no eviction notices. You cannot mm-hmm. evict anybody in the next four months. You know, at all. You cannot right. do it. Um, that unemployment benefits, you know, need to be expedited. SBA right. loan application. I don't know if you've done yours, but I've done the, one. The, emer- the emergency one? On the other. Yeah, the SBA yeah, disaster loan website, which has just been a nightmare to get on. Yep. Um, you know, all those things need to be expedient. It, uh, it made more efficient to have us have any sort of chance of getting by. But, you know, the next, you know, if this goes on to I mean, I really think July 1st is our warm-up period of getting back to normal. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, that's uh, April, May, June. I mean, that's three and a half months away. We've only been in this for like six fucking days. I know. I know. And we're going to be going batshit crazy by then. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? And that, Macrame, that's dude. The, I, Macrame. <laughs> is that what you're doing? No, but it's an idea. It. People buy me. any if, shit if on Etsy. Hold on. If you people if you buy decide, anything on Etsy, on, Chris. Hold on. Hold on. If you decide that macrame is your life and that you need to do this for yourself, I need you to call me as a friend and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about macrame." Because then I will know that you've gone around the around the bend. You just there's just you, is there's, that like the is that the safe word for having an intervention with macrame. you macrame yeah. macrame because <laughs> i'm going to call all of our friends and say guys he wants to sell macrame on on etsy i know i gotta do something though i mean i can't sell advanced catering for the rest of my life sometimes somebody's gonna want me to actually come cook the yeah. food <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the yeah that's the downside to all these all these like kind of micro loan things that happen now with restaurants it's like eventually we're going to do these and we're going to be like, Oh wait, I have all these guests in my restaurant and I need to do this catering order Cause that, that person lent me essentially, you know, four grand. And, and you know, 500 Apple. amazing people bought gift certificates to your restaurant to use right. the day you reopened, but oh, you God, spent I made... that money six months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And Which, so I... Yeah. For, for, for the public's idea, I mean, Essentially, a gift certificate is a great, amazing loan to a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it really doesn't have any interest rate. We're borrowing it. And often it's got a bigger return because you lose them. 
That's right. So yeah. that's the economy. That's why Starbucks is a hundred percent into you buying a lot of those cards. Is Starbucks doing that right now? Is that, is that what they're no, they always to do? have been, but yeah, I'm sure they're doing that now. If before you decided to do macrame, just call. You know what I mean? I, I will call. We'll, I we'll have call. a talk. We'll we'll uh, we'll do Scrabble. We'll do a crossword. You know, digitally or something. We'll figure out something like that. We play chess online against each other. Love chess. You know, I got my I got my butt kicked by this Russian kid like last week at like three in the morning because I couldn't sleep. He beat me in like four moves, and I've never felt stupider in my life. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> I think the bottom line is that we're going to come back from this. We're going to be stronger than ever. It's just going to take a while. People out there, support your independent restaurants, your independent bakeries, your independent food people. Um, they need you now more than ever. But they mm-hmm. need your voice, too. They need you to get out there and call your congresspeople and your senators and make sure they do the right thing when bailout money starts to come that we don't just bail out the airlines. Seem to be needing bailing out a lot, those airlines. Airlines, airlines, cruise ships. It's You, you wonder how places... It, it, boggles the mind to think about how much money they make and how much money how many how many times we need to bail them out of making not as much money as they used to make it is fascinating i think we're all on the cruise ship now have you ever been on a cruise i've been on a cruise yes a number of times guest chefing i've been on a cruise to antarctica but then yeah. uh, uh steve and um Matt Parmalee and I went on a cruise in Europe that was amazing. But this was pre-COVID-19 and pre, you know. um, I got to tell you something. I never trusted cruises. I never trusted cruise. Pre-COVID-19, post-plague, pre-plague, I don't trust cruises. I don't trust cruise ships. Do you think there were cruises in the bubonic plague times? Probably. In fact, that's where, where, hey, did you know that's where quarantine comes from? it's It's an Italian word, yeah. For 40 days. That's how the long, least of the Italians used to make you wait and your boat before they let you in the country during the plague. Take that, America. Boom. Take that little piece of knowledge. How about that? Put You're that welcome. in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> don't smoke. Don't no, smoke. Don't because smoke. It's bad. Because upper, upper respiratory infections and COVID-19 affects your, affects your lungs. So just don't Also, smoke. the first sign I'm reading now is that uh, people lose a sense of smell. I saw it on NPR. That's creepy. I know. I know. So I'm going to fart a lot. To know I'm still alive. To know you're still alive? Yeah. Smart. When you can't smell them, canary in the coal mine, you know (laughs) what I mean? Chris Wilkins, get back to baking that fine-ass bread. You're a good man. And we will get through this. All right, buddy. Thanks for talking. These are some really screwed up times. I just, uh, we're going to come out of it okay. Uh, Okay. But we're losing friends and family and uh, and people we adore. And it's really hard to take. And but I'm hoping I'm hoping the dire prediction of, of people who I respect, like Tom Clicchio saying 75 percent of restaurants probably won't come back. I'm hoping that's wrong. I'm ready for a reset of an industry that was uh, untenable in a lot of ways. Um, but I don't want that reset to cause a lot of anguish and a lot of unemployment. Um, uh, you know, in this country right now, we need a massive public works program. We need to build dreams. We need to build Hoover dams. We need to build uh, the future. Um, and we need to move a lot of people into roles that they didn't necessarily see coming, but that they get value from and they get work from and they provide. 
Because right now we need all to be providers, um, but we need to also just be good humans. We need to care. Uh, check on your neighbor safely. Um, check on people you don't know safely. Make sure everyone's okay. Um, and that's not just from my community in the hospitality industry. That's just called being a human. How about you be a human? Not a human. That's me. You've been listening to The Passenger. This is a production of iHeartRadio created by Hugh Atchison and Christopher Hasiotis. We're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Our researcher is Jesslyn Shields. And Christopher Hasiotis is our executive producer. Special thanks to Gabrielle Collins, Crystal Waters, and the rest of the crew. If you like The Passenger, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people like you find the show. If you're a local and you want to let me know what I missed and where I should go on my next visit, or if you've recently been a passenger like me and want to share your experience, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Hugh Atchison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, use the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.